0: Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve and Trish. Trish on assignment today, but Steve is here. We're going to have a great show. I am super excited today. Our guest is Kevin Parker, the CEO and the chairman of the board at HireVue. I mean, I can talk a lot about HireVue, really the pioneer in virtual hiring and just uh, one of the kind of legendary uh, HR tech companies in our industry. But uh, we're going to talk to uh, Kevin all about what's going on in the state of hiring, what's happening kind of post-pandemic. Uh, what he sees uh, is going to happen in the second half of this year. I'm super excited to, to welcome him. Uh, but first I want to thank our friends and sponsors at Paychex. This, H, this episode of the HR Happy Hour show is brought to you by Paychex, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. If you're looking to help your business thrive in 2021 and beyond, be sure to view the great sessions from the first ever Paychex Business Conference designed to give business leaders insights, resources, solutions, and actionable takeaways to help them build a better workplace, a better team, and a better business. This two-day virtual event was full of prominent speakers from New York Times bestseller Cy Wakeman to the star of ABC's Shark Tank, Damon John. You don't want to miss any of these great sessions, and you can visit paychecks.com slash thrive to see them all. All right, let's welcome Kevin Parker to the show. Kevin, uh, previously uh, to joining HireVue, he was the co-founder and senior operating principal of Bridge Growth Partners. He also serves as chairman of Salient CRGT, a Bridge Growth Partners portfolio company. He needs a recognized corporate leader in the tech industry, particularly in the information solution and software sectors. Kevin, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. How are you? Thanks, Steve. Delighted to be here. I'm terrific. That's awesome. Kevin, the first thing I ask our guests, right, even I've been asking for a year plus now is just how are things? How are you holding up? Uh, how's Hireview holding up? And maybe give us a little bit
1: on what the last
0: uh, 12, 15 months has been for you.
1: Well, it, it's I appreciate asking. It's been a, a remarkable journey for all of us, too. But uh, you know, I think HireVue, it, just to I think about the company, we were obviously very virtual to begin with. We're about 400 people today. Most of them are not in a permanent office. And so uh, we've all migrated to our new work from home or living at work environment, depending <laughs> on how you look at it um, <laughs> <I> like that. <laughs> but we've done we've done really, really well. And, and I think the team is 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 morale is high. Our momentum is high. And we've actually, got, I think, in some ways, gotten closer as a team uh, as a result of this because we're all going through it together. And, and yeah. uh, you know, it's been it's been level setting for all of us.
0: Yeah, that's great. I'm glad to hear that uh, for sure. And uh, we joked in the pre-show before we turned the, the, the recording button on, I said, I said to Kevin, like, I mean, HireVue was the pioneer really in basic, in a lot of things, but just, let's just say call it called virtual hiring, right? Or virtual, at least doing much of the hiring process virtually. And then all of a sudden, right? Just to know, no, not that this was a good thing, obviously, but all of a sudden a year, a year and a half ago, Almost every organization who hadn't adopted virtual hiring practices suddenly had to so maybe if, if, if you can Kevin tell, tell us a little bit about um, w- early part of 2020 when when every all, everything started shutting down and, and all of a sudden wait a minute we've got to still figure out how to keep our business going from uh, dispersed all over the place uh, what did you see from your customers did you get a lot of people just showing up to say hey we need help please help us like what, what happened in those early those early days of 2020?
1: so you know if i think about march of 2020 you know the let's say the 15th of march on that day our three largest customers by interview volume were one of the world's largest hotel chains one of the world's largest cruise cruise lines one one of the world's largest airlines and so suddenly you know what they were doing on monday wasn't what they were doing on tuesday uh, so we had a we had a very big section of our customers and, we, and still do today that are in the travel and hospitality industry. We're obviously seeing that come back pretty quickly. Uh, but as we as we migrated through the spring into the summer, obviously a lot of things changed. Uh, and so I think about the world today. Our three largest customers today are, are two of the nation's top or the world's top retail change retail. Okay, uh, and so. We we from a health and safety perspective, from a business continuity perspective, interviewing and and doing business virtually suddenly jumped to the top of the list. What was a nice to have in February became an important business continuity solution by April, uh, and so we saw a lot of interest from customers. And they quickly recognized too that you know as we think about the technology, it isn't so much that you can interview by video. You know we're having a video chat today via right. Zoom it's the on demand capability the ability to do it 24 hours a day 365 days a year on demand for, for talent so you're reaching them when they want to do the interview not 9 to 5 monday through friday and that's really distinctive and that's what really accelerated a lot of these companies and one of our one of our largest customers interviewed 50,000 people over a holiday weekend over a weekend for holiday support, you know, they were in, wow. getting in the That's last crazy. Christmas season. Yeah, You just couldn't imagine doing that via Zoom or Skype or or BlueJeans or WebEx or whatever you want.
0: Yeah, there, there's no way. I'm lucky I get like my three Zoom calls a day organized properly and not screw them up, to be honest with you. I, I couldn't imagine trying to, to do any kind of high volume uh, disciplined process, right? Via tools that are not purpose built for supporting that process, right? It makes it sense. exactly
1: right. And And structure and consistency matters and that improves fairness. You know, the fact that we're asking everybody and every candidate the same question, they're getting the same experience, they're getting evaluated the same way. You know, one of our customers interviewed 2,500 people yesterday at 1,300 different locations across the U.S., they all got the same interview experience. They all got the same, the same questions. Uh, and so really level setting in terms of fairness and consistency.
0: Yeah, great. Kevin, one of the things we wanted to talk about was uh, earlier this year, uh, the folks at HireVue uh, released, uh, did some research and released a global trends report, global hiring trends report or earlier in the year to just kind of take the pulse of, of HR and hiring, uh, talent acquisition leaders about like what's happening, what what, 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 trends are you seeing? What's important to you, et cetera, et cetera. It's a great read. I'll, we'll put a link to it in the show notes and I'll encourage everybody to go to the higher view site and, and download a copy if you haven't, uh, done that so far, but, uh, I love research, right? We do that at H3HR ourselves. Like we're getting ready to release some research soon on, on, uh, accessibility and inclusion, but, um, uh, maybe, Kevin, you want to give us a couple of the big highlights for folks who maybe haven't read the report yet from uh, your survey of 1,000-plus HR and talent acquisition leaders.
1: Sure, and, and there's some really interesting data. And, and you contrast that, too, as I'm sure you do, Steve, with the headlines you see, read, which are pretty simplistic in terms of what's going on with the labor environment today, um, with what, what our customers are saying and what they're saying, too. One is that they're really trying to lo- look at technology to create a better and differentiated candidate experience reaching those people where they are, where they need to be, and, and making the job searches as fundamentally easy as they possibly can. And there's a variety of technologies, including on-demand interviewing, that help them do that. We're also seeing uh, you know, a, a very significant migration in the workforce towards higher-paying jobs. You know, <laughs> as we think about the, the world today, um, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of individuals don't necessarily want to go back to the job they had and want, yeah. are using this as an opportunity to move up an economic ladder or get a better job or a different job. And if I look across our top three or four customers today in terms of interview volume, each of whom is interviewing at least a thousand people a day, wow. all those people are paying at least $15 an hour. And so the folks that are, that are the employers of choice the and folks that provide perhaps benefits, you know, better hourly wage, They've got more candidates than they know. What yeah, to do with.
0: I'll interrupt you one second, Kevin. I don't mean to. I, I really want to hear more about this, but I, I feel like we've talked about this a little bit on this show in the past. Uh, that fifteen dollar an hour mark seems like it's the unofficial or de facto new minimum wage in many many parts of the, of the country for sure. And it's just because employers employers are making those decisions to raise the 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 floor of their wages to that to that figure or or more.
1: And, and, and personally, on a personal level, I think it's super exciting to see and, and you know maybe in some ways the ultimate democratic process, you know, employ, you know, people have choices. They're trying to make choices that are in their economic best interest and finding new opportunities and new jobs. And, you know, they may not want to go back to waiting tables, you know, in a restaurant if they can get a job at $15 an hour at the mall working for a retailer.
0: Did, Kevin, so you mentioned like some of the, the high volume customers you're working with have that, that wage floor at, at 15, uh, do the customer, have they noticed or is there any data around that you've seen of when they make that move from 12 or 13 to 15 or higher, do they get that bump or do is they that do typically, that you they see do. That they do. And, and
1: so we're seeing that we're seeing, you know, just thinking about the sectors of the economy, retail is up almost 200% from the same point in time last year, construction and mining, of you know, construction industry and and mining as a category that we look at together uh, is up 270% in terms of interview volumes on a a year-over-year basis, manufacturing up nearly 100%. So it's a real migration in the workforce that we're seeing towards what we would describe as higher quality jobs, Uh, and uh, interesting to see how all of that takes place.
0: Yeah, it's shaking out everywhere. I got, you know, uh, the the news uh, apps that you, you engage with typically figure out what you like to read. And mm-hmm. so mine have figured out, I like to read about hiring in the labor market, et cetera. Every single day I get fed a story on, on Google News or Apple News about, you know, some restaurant in Idaho who can't find anybody to hire or some, you know, bakery in Boston that's struggling for, you know, and it always gets into the same thing about, okay, well, we're raising wages. We're, we're offering more benefits. We're offering more perks. And so, yeah, I'd agree with you. I do think it's a good thing. It's going to, it's going to, there's, there's some shaking out. That's going to happen. Certainly some of these organizations, perhaps their business model or their business plan can't support that those kinds of increased wages and benefits and some others can. And I do think, as you said, it does benefit lots and lots of folks who know, traditionally maybe didn't have as much power in the labor market and are now seeing themselves with more power.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they have choices. You know, the other part of last year, as we think about the transition, um, you know, about one in every five interviews we do today, about 20% of our interview volume is early careers and graduates. So okay. we interviewed almost 1.2 million college students last year up, you know, 33 30 or 40% from where it was a year ago. And, you know, the, think about the entire campus season, all of it was done virtually last I, year. Yeah, that was my
0: follow-up, Kevin. I'd I love, I love maybe you to share some thoughts around that element of recruiting that maybe you saw across your customer base. Uh, what happened with quote unquote campus recruiting that couldn't be done on campuses, right? I guess, or, or largely couldn't have been the, right, the in, the la- in the last cycle.
1: The recruiters couldn't go to campus and even if they could, the students weren't there. And oh, that's a good yet, point. <laughs> you know we interviewed one point two million people at, I think twenty three hundred different campuses around the world for almost six hundred different companies. right? Uh, and so that was a case where, boy, you had to do something and and you had to do something very, very different. Uh, and so we saw a real explosion in terms of campus volumes. Uh, and as a result of that, people could go to schools they wouldn't go to before. They weren't concentrating on sort of the Ivy League schools and things like that. Real, real in terms of uh, differentiation, in terms of reaching more people and improving the process.
0: Yeah, that's an excellent point, Kevin, because I know in the hiring trends report you uncovered and maybe this isn't really uncovering. It's it feels like if you've been in the HR space, it does seem apparent, but it was something like everybody said, yes, diversity, equity, inclusion is important or either very important or somewhat important. It was like 100 percent. I'm not sure you could ask any question of any group of a thousand people And get 100% agreement on anything except for this, this issue. And so you mentioned that uh, transitioning to virtual campus recruiting in this example that we just talked about, all of a sudden unlocked access for lots of students at other types of universities, right, that maybe would not have been on the radar of a big who, right, financial services company or a big tech company, right? And uh, did you see that in your customer base where they, they brought in their horizons, either either in the campus side or just in, more in general, right? That, uh, that we're, we're
1: getting more opportunity to more places. We certainly are. And, and you know, it comes under a heading that we would refer to as actionable DEI. You know, okay. it, you know, it's inarguable that we all want uh, better diversity, better inclusiveness, uh, better equity in our hiring process yet you're not gonna do that if you only go to Ivy League schools. You know, it's like, you know, it's it's sort of a null set. Those Venn diagrams don't intersect. And so we're seeing more of our customers just think about campus interviewing generally and reaching more places very purposefully and using video and using on-demand video to do that. And certainly as we think about the, the, the proliferation of on-demand video just for hiring in general, you know, the fact that 60, 70% of our candidates take interviews outside of normal business hours is really important. The fact that 50% of them do it on a mobile device is really important. So you're you're changing access, you're changing the dynamics, just by making it more accessible to more people and on a time and place that's best for them as the candidate.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. The uh, One of the data points that you guys uncovered uh, from your data is around 50% of the interviews in the United States are taking place outside of typical work hours. And that's to me, that's good for lots of reasons. I can think of two. One is it just empowers the candidates to be ready, do it on when it's convenient for them, when they're prepared, maybe they, you know, got the dog walked, got the kids in bed, and now they can sit down and prepare Mm -hmm. and do the interview, right? Or maybe they're, maybe they're working somewhere else during the day, right? And they're trying to improve their, their, you know, their career by trying, trying to get another job. So they're doing that after hours, but also it kind of, it turns the recruiting function into basically a 24, seven, 365 function. Right. You're not limited anymore by the, the, the hours of the day, the, the, the places where you're working. Right. It's it's got to be something that like once that becomes uh, uh, that capability becomes available in an organization, it's got to be a tremendous improvement uh, uh, in efficiency and throughput and, and, and increase their ability to find the right candidates faster.
1: It, it certainly is. And, and even something as fundamental as a typical hourly worker who doesn't, you know, working nine to five, I don't get time off to go interview for another job. Yeah. So in, in some ways there's actually barriers to me to finding a better job if it's just Monday through Friday, nine to five. I don't know about you, but almost everywhere I go these days there's a QR code in the window on the menu about getting a job, right? And so we're, yeah. trying, to, we're trying to make it accessible every day, but if you just link on that QR code and it takes you to a, you know, a, a website listing of jobs, that's not gonna get you very far. You've gotta yeah. be dynamic and you've gotta be working where they're, where they're working.
0: Yeah, again another side. Boy, if, if there's a comeback story for for this decade, it's got to be the QR code. Because I thought the <laughs> QR code was written off for dead, right? Probably when you know it, it never seemed to catch on back when it first rolled out. At least here in the U.S., boy, that made a comeback.
1: That that's, it it, it yeah. sure did. And it, it, wow. and I think there are people that are doing it really well, and and uh, and there are people that are just using it you know pretty statically. And we'd love we'd love to see that improve. One thing I have noticed, and and I don't know if you're in the habit of snapping QR codes is when a lot of times when you cl- click on that link, they actually have the hourly wage very, very early, if not at the first thing yeah. in the job description. It's like, you know, $17 an hour for a waitress or whatever, a waiter or whatever it happens to be. It's so prominent, you know, to go back to that earlier point, it's so prominent about what the uh, prevailing wages, they actually have it in the job description right up front.
0: Uh, yeah. And I think that's a good thing, uh, you know, much like just r- raising uh, wage uh, floors, right? In, in many, many industries by many organizations is, is really beneficial and helpful to to so many people, but also more transparency, right? In the hiring process and in the, the even the job advertising process. I think that's, look, you know, the, the, the folks who are, uh, make that argument, should you post the salary of the job and the job posting? And some people say you don't, they're, they're going to argue that, you know, forever, right? That's fine. They can keep arguing it. I know what side of this I'm on. Be as transparent as possible, as mm-hmm. upfront as possible, because I just think that's better off for better off for everybody. But that's, I guess, that's a, that's a, another uh, story for another time. Um, Kim, so we've talked about access. We've talked about technology. Of course, the pivot to virtual. hybrid has been in the virtual space forever. So you've had that capability fifteen years plus, right? maybe we could talk a little bit about some of the other ways that you guys are adapting and continuing to evolve to basically improve the hiring process and help your customers achieve their hiring objectives, you know, better, faster, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, cause it's not sure. just about an on-demand video interview, right? Cause that's been around for a long time and you guys were the leaders you still are. Uh, but what, what else have you been doing that that's really making a difference, uh, for your customers?
1: Two, two really important things that, that I think we're, we're very excited about going forward. One is a product that we came out with called Builder. Uh, and as we think about the on-demand video, we always assumed people were asking great questions. You know, you've got this ability to ask, you know, interview questions, ask everybody the same question. <laughs> if you ask a thousand people, what's your favorite spirit animal, you know, you, you get the same bad interview process, but you now have it on demand. Uh, And we created an application that we're quite excited about called Builder that is really a competency-based capability that gives you guidance about what questions to ask for what types of jobs and how to score the answers to those questions. And so really, you know, we all know the value of structured interviewing, but as human beings, we're terrible at it. We're just, we're just awful. We're the worst part of the process. But if you can bring consistency, that really improves fairness and credibility to the process too. So Builder is something we're super interested in seeing how we can, we can help the process. The other area is just recognizing that chat has become the dominant form of communication for everybody think about your you know your world today i've you know i have a teenage daughter if i want to reach her i gotta i gotta send a chat to go I, check I, for just email.
0: yesterday the day before the times right gen z is killing email was the big headline that ran all over the internet i think yesterday as a matter of fact but yeah great.
1: So, so if you're trying to reach job candidates through email you know particularly in certain de- demographics and age categories you know, you're you're headed into the wind. That's not going to be a great way to do that. So how do we combine the the readiness and the capability of chat with that on-demand capability to create an experience for the candidate right from the get-go? You know, can you do text to apply? Can I answer FAQs for you? Can I take you through the journey? Can I help you schedule? None of that in the future is going to happen from email. Sure, if you're you know graduating from Ivy League school and want to work for an investment bank. You're probably going to answer the email. Yeah. If I want to work at a retailer, you know, you're not going to find me an email. You're going to find me in chat. So how do yeah. we how do we find candidates using technology in new ways where they live?
0: Yeah, a couple of comments for me. I've seen the Builder tool. Kevin, you mentioned I've seen a demo of it. Uh, it's outstanding, and I'll just say that uh, upfront: just the consistency, the repeatability, right? the The ability to be more fair in the process by ensuring that a candidate is asked, you know, the same questions, right? And 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 different. Each candidate is asked the same questions, and they get a chance to give their best responses to those questions. And you know, I, I had a demo with a different company the other day, and they were talking about this whole, you know, oh, so you know. Uh, the whole problem of uh, uh, bias, right. Which was around, Oh, you know, we're looking for uh, men who were in a fraternity who played lacrosse at Stanford or maybe Cal Berkeley. Like we, we'd we'd expand our horizons to that school baby too. And that was it. Right. And so um, I mean, it's been a lot, like the the recruiting industry and the recruiting technology industry in particular is, 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 been after this for a really, really long time, like right? Trying to get better and trying to help, you know, more importantly, trying to help organizations and customers get get better and, and be more fair, you know, in, in the hiring process and expand access to opportunities. And that's it's never been more important and been been more of a, more of a focus area. I guess, Kevin, I guess my follow up question would be then how How do you guys think about? Things like bias and fairness and and really doing the best you can to ensure that any aspect of the technology, right, that you provide to your customers is not, um, uh, it's it's helping them to avoid those biases that are just human nature.
1: Sure, sure. And, And great question. You know, I think that, you know, one of the, with Builder in mind, one of the pathways, probably the most important pathway to better hiring is just ask better questions. Yeah. And so where where some of our artificial intelligence and assessments products really start to come to the fore is, okay, now that I've asked good questions, as, as a reviewer, I really can't watch a thousand videos and be objective and fair and consistent. So our assessment technologies, whether that's based on the answers that a candidate gives, or we have game-based technologies that can assess for a variety of things, including working IQ, memory, and and things like that that are important to skills in the job, are incredibly rigorously tested for adverse impact. Uh, And so we meet all of the standards that the EEOC has out there. And then much beyond that as well, I think the EEOC is a, as a regulatory framework is almost 40 or 50 years old at this point, it doesn't keep up with our evolving sense of fairness with regard to groups that are not identified in that legislative uh, activity. So we have a, a very sophisticated team that's looking at that from a variety of dimensions. We do our work with different different groups and different constituencies. One of the things we're most proud of is the work we do with Integrate Partners, which is really talking about people on the cognitively diverse scale. How do they work in, a, in an interview process like that? We're quite proud of the results and, and find that, that different groups do very, very well in that experience in, in new and different ways. So it's something we, a responsibility we take very seriously, we work at it every single day, and we're very proud of our results.
0: Yeah, Kevin, I appreciate you sharing openly about how you think about it, how you're looking at it and the things that you're doing to ensure that your tools and technologies are are, are helping organizations have those best outcomes, those fair outcomes and and creating opportunity for more people. That's really important to me too. It's it's a thing we've talked about on this show plenty. Like we've done two shows with uh, Special Olympics folks Mm-hmm. And the, la- the last one in particular, we had two of the actual special Olympians themselves who uh, fall into that-, that category, right? Some cognitive things, but I mean, super bright, super smart uh, people, young people, both of them actually. And just to think like, oh, a person like that, that, that we interviewed on our show, just, you know, that I got to know a little bit say, I would love to have that person work in my organization doing pretty much anything. But if my process, my technology created some kind of gate or some kind of barrier that was going to be a little bit difficult for them to overcome. And they made, and also I learned from, from the conversations I had with those folks is they're, they, they may just give up, right. Because it's, it becomes too frustrating. And so whatever we can do through the, through the technology, but as well as how organizations think about this to create opportunities for folks like that is I think is really, really important. So I'm glad you mentioned that.
1: Yeah, we do work with almost any group that we could find uh, to to make sure that we understand the impact associated with those things. And you know, part of our mission, you know, you mentioned HireVue's now 17 years old. Uh, we got started 17 years old by, ago by a college student who couldn't get a job because no one came to his university to interview.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: And so we've been on this journey for almost 17 years to, as we would refer to it, to democratize hiring, make yeah. it better, <laughs> make it easier for people, make it faster. <laughs>
0: Those, those old stories are great too, the high resources. I, I think one of the old stories was like mailing webcams, right? Actually going to FedEx and mailing webcams. I believe I remember that story. If we that we're into.
1: downsizing our office for COVID. And uh, I recently opened a closet that hadn't been opened for a long time. And there's, a, there's pallets of webcams in there. That, uh, so if anybody needs a webcam, <laughs> you know, it's not 1080p, but uh, if you need an old low resolution webcam. Yeah. Um, give me a shout. I'll, I'll send you one for free.
0: That's a really good story. Uh, Kevin, just a couple more minutes with you. The last thing I, I, I guess I'll ask is we're seeing lots of, uh, we mentioned the help wanted signs everywhere, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you, you guys focus on the hiring part of, right, of, of the talent acquisitions final, maybe not so much the, 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 the leaving part, but this, this idea of the the great resignation or the turnover tsunami, I've seen it called like, um, are are you seeing in your clients, like is hiring picking up because people are leaving or what's your sense of it, either just from what you're hearing from clients or just your sense of it, just from being, you know, an industry observer and a labor market observer.
1: It's, it's hard to, what Oliver I'll say is, is based on anecdotes from what we hear. It's hard to tell when we're interviewing people or they have a job and leaving another job, but there's a, there's an enormous reshuffling going on as people, you know, see opportunities and pursue opportunities in new ways. And, and look, I think that there's a little bit of human nature involved too. We've all been cooped up for the better part of 15 months and, you know, sometimes new and different sounds pretty exciting. And, and, uh, and so, you know, people are recruiting pretty heavily and they're looking for new opportunities. The other thing that I think is ultimately a a very positive thing is that we can now work from anywhere. And so people are recruiting anywhere. We, we you know, we're expanding our team. We're we're working very hard on on our own diversity and inclusiveness. And so we're hiring in new places. We're hiring in in the Research Triangle area in North Carolina. We're hiring right. in Atlanta. We're hiring in a variety of places because we're although we're a Utah-based company, we're not Utah-centric. So that gives us access to more talent and more team members than we ever had before.
0: Yeah, that's a fantastic point. Uh, I'm in North Carolina, too, just up the road uh, for me, the research triangle. But uh, yeah, the democratization of opportunity works both ways, right? It's not just for candidates, right? It's also for organizations with like, wait, wait a minute, if I just make a couple of tweaks to how we approach our, our thoughts around work and workplaces, the global talent market is now available to me. Absolutely. <laughs> grab a tech good technology platform, like a higher view. And all of a sudden I could be interviewing 24 by seven, 365, in and every time zone in the world, potentially, depending on what type of business I'm in. Right. I mean, you know, not all businesses can do that. Like if I'm the local, you know, ice cream shop, it's probably not quite the same, but um, uh, it, it is remarkably uh, powerful technology and it's, it supports organizations quite honestly, right. Who are, who are maybe changing their approach or, or taking or, uh, or taking advantage of this approach. Maybe they're not closing their offices completely, but they're, but they're much more open to, hey, we'll tap into talent wherever it is because you've heard it, right? All your customers say, maybe even you say it, right? We, we get the best talent or we only want the best talent. Well, we only get the best talent who lives within a 35 mile radius of where our office yeah. is, right? That's usually the answer. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah, I had our, for our first time in almost 15 months, our senior leadership team met in person in Utah a few weeks back. And for many of us, it was the first time we had ever actually met in person. We've brought new people on board. We've had new team members join. uh, And so we're looking forward to getting back to the in-person component. I think we all are. But recognize it's not going to go fully back to the way it was. There's so many advantages for for us and for our team members and for for our customers as well in operating in a more hybrid approach.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's, it's, it's hopefully things are turning around, things are getting better and organizations are embracing just the opportunities that they have in front of them. And uh, as we talked about earlier, providing more opportunity to more people. And so, uh, as Kevin, this has been a fantastic conversation. It was great to check in with you. Great to check in with my friends at HireVue. I, like I said, I've seen the Builder product very, very recently. And I, it, it's fantastic. If you want to get better at interviewing, right? And help your team get better at interviewing and get better outcomes. I highly recommend you checking it out. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to the Higher View Global Trends Report that we talked about uh, on the show as well. And I encourage folks to go check out our friends at Higher view like uh, really the, the, the pioneer in this space uh, from 17 years ago, nailing out webcams all over the world to, to where we are today with an incredible set of uh, interesting and important technology. So, uh, uh, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Steve, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation.
0: Great. All right, that's it for today. Thanks you everybody for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. Uh, remember to subscribe wherever we get your podcasts. And uh, thanks to our friends at Paychex, of course. Uh, check them out at paychex.com and all the Thrive information at paychex.com slash Thrive. Uh, thanks everyone. We'll see you next time.